You're in the water loop. Welcome to Waterloop, the podcast helping water leaders to discover solutions and drive change. I'm the host, Travis Loop. This episode comes to you from the Reservoir Center for Water Solutions in Washington, D.C., where Waterloop is a media partner. Many people, particularly in younger generations, want careers that make a positive impact on broad issues such as social justice and climate change. The water industry is promoting that it has jobs that deliver results for people and the planet. One of the messengers is Maura Jarvis, a community outreach consultant for the Philadelphia Water Department. In this episode, Maura discusses how water careers are excellent opportunities to create change in communities, the impact of her work in public engagement in Philadelphia, and advice for people interested in entering the industry. Very excited to talk to you again, Maura. Going to talk about water equity, environmental justice, how careers in water can advance work on those issues. But super baseline, I guess, definition, equity when it comes to water, environmental justice. Like, what do those terms mean to you? So immediately, I'm thinking of a challenge that hits extremely close to home. Um, in the neighborhood called Germantown in Philadelphia. This is where I grew up. This is like my childhood neighborhood that I've lived in for my entire life. Um, And something that we're struggling with there is, um, we call it different things, but infrastructure flooding or urban flash flooding. And so as a result of, you know, Philadelphia is a very historic city. We had, you know, hundreds of miles of historic creeks and streams that used to run all through Philadelphia. Uh, that have since been encapsulated for closed sewers and developed over top of. And so um, that is a huge challenge in many areas, but especially in Germantown, um, where once the Wingahawking Creek used to flow above ground, and now we're seeing the impacts of the encapsulation of that creek and, um, you know, these, these more intense storms that are coming in really inundate the sewer system to a point where we're getting an insane amount of flooding, um, flash flooding. It happens almost instantly. You'll see manholes geysering up, um, storm drains are overflowing, people are getting backups into their basements. And um, it's, it is a really tough situation, and especially there because it's not a FEMA-designated floodplain. And so it's not required to have flood insurance. A lot of people aren't aware that they're eligible for it um, or they can't afford the premium. And then on top of that, you know, a lot of people just aren't knowledgeable about flood preparedness or general emergency preparedness. And so it's a, it's a very tough situation. A lot of folks are struggling. Um, Germantown also has a higher rate of um, rental versus home ownership. And so you have this challenge of people who, you know, they're saying this isn't even my property, but it's, it's my personal items, you know, that, that, are, that are being destroyed. You know, it's my life that is being impacted. And so, um, yeah, that's, that's definitely something that we are absolutely working on in Philadelphia. I am working with a lot of Germantown stakeholders on a community flood risk management task force 
And we also had some really cool initiatives in order to just sort of like raise awareness, let people know that we're working on it, and also um, spread information about what people can do right now to better prepare for situations like that. And so um, one really neat project that I can think of right now, you know, there's, I've spoken with you about this before, how we're using art as a communication tool. You know, in order to build trust, I feel like you have to have a connection first. You know, it's not just about throwing information out there and hoping that it kind of sticks. You know, we, we need to be vulnerable with each other so that we can build on top of that foundation. And so something really neat that we uh, did over the last couple of years through a grant with um, the U.S. Water Alliance is um, this project <laughs> that we called Wingo What? <laughs> Wingo What? So we're talking about the Wingahawken Creek. And the what is an acronym for Water History Arts Activation and Transformation. And so we worked with the former Philadelphia po Poet Laureate uh, Trapita Mason, and um, we created a series of water-centric poetry workshops where people got to create poetry about their experiences with water. It could be exp experiences with flooding. It could be experiences, you know, like their first water memory, you know. Um, and it it was it was really awesome. You know, we got to have these really cool conversations with folks who, you know. Um, admittedly, their perception of the water department might not have been that great, but we were getting personal, you know? And um, I think on both sides, again, that vulnerability, it needs to happen because otherwise, you know, how else are we gonna build trust? How else are we gonna build real relationships um, in our community? That type of project there, that kind of brings down walls, right? A little yeah. bit, gets people comfortable, shows that your humans on your side at that utility yeah. and then um, then you can start kind of having bigger conversations. Exactly. Right? Talking about the historical context and you know mitigation options for the future and you know emergency preparedness for right now which is so important. We're here at the Reservoir Center in Washington DC for this event about careers for change meaning you know working in water to create positive change for equity, environmental justice issues. Great, great event. You're speaking. Um, how did you get to this spot, you know, when it comes to a career that's making that type of impact? Is that something that you had as kind of like your intention along the way? Was it just a journey that you've been taken on? Like, you know, how, how did you get to this to this spot where you're having an impact on those issues? So if there was an opportunity, I felt like it was necessary for me to seize it. And so um, it's not so much, I looking back on my whole story, and we're gonna get into this with my keynote. The main thing with that is we're gonna be talking superheroes and we're gonna be talking origin stories. And so when I look back at my origin story, it does make sense how I got here, but um, it was like really convoluted and not what I was expecting was going to happen. <laughs> but I think, you know, uh, there was always a passion for protecting the environment 
That was something I was just always interested in. Um, but I, you'll hear more about this, but I just really didn't think that I could work in environmental science or policy or something like that without um, like a science or engineering degree. So I didn't pursue it academically at first. And um, so that was like an interesting thing, but I turned to more of like my, I had other interests in like art and design and fashion. And so it put me in a direction where now I have, I really appreciate having a background in like art and design because absolutely it's, it's evident today that I love using art as a communication tool. And so, you know, I'm very thankful for that, but it, it's sort of like veered off in another direction for a little bit there. But then, you know, I had an opportunity when I was um, at university, I went to Drexel in Philly. Um, we have a program there where you can create your own major. Um, and the whole purpose of it, I know it's so cool, but the whole purpose of it is um, for students who their professional goals couldn't be met with like a traditional major, you know, like they, they wanted to do something interdisciplinary. And so that's the program that I ended up getting into. And once there, you know, I was able to combine all of my interests. I, I liked design. I liked environmental studies. I also really was fascinated by how you talk to people about that kind of stuff. You know, how do you communicate with folks about big things like climate change? This is stuff that can truly just like stop people in their tracks, you know? Um, there's a term now called eco-anxiety. And it's, and, and like uh, younger generations really are plagued by this idea that like the future is doomed. What can I do? Is there even anything that I can do? Um, and so, you know, how do you talk to people about those things? And instead of the gloom and doom, how do you inspire action? Yes, this resonates with me very much. With what I'm trying to do with Waterloop, it's like, yes, there are difficult challenges, but there are solutions. Like, let's pursue those and share them. So what, what, what was the major that came out of that puzzle? So my degree yeah. is called Sustainable Product Development. It was, it, yeah, it was a really big hodgepodge of things, but it all came together. And ultimately, you know, it was this, it was a real focus on, I, I was very interested back in school. Again, I started off in like fashion and design. So I was very interested in um, like product supply chains and environmental and human rights injustices that happened in regards to the clothes that we wear, our phones, products, you know? And so the idea was to communicate with people more so about conscious consumption. Um, but it absolutely relates because today we're talking about bottled water. Absolutely. You know? Yeah, for sure. And so, um, yeah, so that, that was just, I think that that's when everything sort of came together. And, it, and I found out that, okay, my specialty wasn't like a technical field like science or engineering or math, but it was communication. Well, this is like a really good message for people is that even if you are super passionate about working in water, whatever aspect, or the environment, right? There are a lot of career options that are not heavy technical. Being, being an engineer, being an attorney, being a scientist, right? <laughs> I mean, we're kind of in the same vein, in communications, right? And, and working with people. There's a lot of different ways that you can get involved 
and then have an impact without having to, to go into one of those exact disciplines. Exactly. So your origin story, and the reason you use that phrase for people that might not know, is one of your roles, we're gonna you know, kind of put you out here, you are water woman, so you have the, the outfit, the cape, the costume, you get out there with the community, you engage and raise awareness and excite people, that's all awesome. Um, and I guess that's one of the ways that you are working on equity and justice in your current career, huh? Is, is through even that character. Yeah, I, I definitely feel like Water Woman absolutely is a role model um, for stewardship. I feel like, again, you encounter so many people who have sort of lost that connection with the environment or never even had it in the first place, you know? If you live in a really dense city, um, and you don't really have that much access to parks or things like that, um, or you don't have anybody telling you, okay, like, let's go outdoors. It's funny, there's like an organization, that, a nonprofit that does that. They're called Let's Go Outdoors. And so, um, you know, I think for me, something that I feel very strongly about is just, you know, getting with younger generations or really anybody. I feel like Water Woman resonates with a lot of people. There are grown adults who just like absolutely love it. <laughs> you, you have to have a superhero on your side so it makes sense and so just like you know perpetuating that message of you know like we have to care about the environment like this water again of all things we have to protect it and so you know if if anyone's out there and and i, I love the idea of the value of water you know like the value people people have all sorts of different i guess not you know price, not, not the, the price or the cost right what is the what the, is the value is more than dollars exactly yeah. you know and so as we're interacting with water every day i just you know i feel like it's a really unique position to be in as a superhero to go around i can be as cheesy as i want to <laughs> and you know it it gets people i i think it's pretty cool yeah. And I have, I have that message with me all the time, you know, like the waterways they need protecting. Um, you can't look at the water and say, oh, Schuylkill and Philly, this is a thing that happened in Philadelphia. They call it the Schuylkill Delaware Punch. and the Schuylkill, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. The Delaware is the larger river and then the Schuylkill is the smaller one. And, um, but you know, I'm, I feel like I'm the voice of the river. And I think if the river could say anything, she would say, stop calling me that. I'm giving you life. Right, right, right. <laughs> Appreciate me, respect me. <laughs> you know? I love it. And so, and I'm I'm the messenger. And um, and then, you know, I guess on the other side of that, I, I really do feel like in terms of engagement, when I'm not wearing a costume, it's equally important to make those connections with folks and and elevate the value of water. This event at the Reservoir Center there's a big crowd here, uh, I think it's a record crowd for them, to hear about careers for change, right? So there's a lot of interest, obviously. What advice would you have for people that want to focus their careers, their careers in water more on equity and, and justice? Well, I would say this generally to anyone who's interested in environmental justice and equity, or even if you're just sort of thinking about it, you don't know if it's a career for you just yet, everyone, 
work in water. <laughs> work in water. <laughs> I think obviously there are a lot of different areas that you can go in, but I just don't think that it can be overstated how essential everyone who is working in water. It's I really again, I don't want to sound too repetitive because this is all going to be part of the keynote. But I really feel like anybody who works, obviously, towards environmental justice and equity in general, but water, we are superheroes. Like, we're saving the day, you know? And so um, I feel like if you are interested in making an impact, if you want to do something where you can absolutely say in a tangible way, I am making life better for people. You know, I'm, I'm providing an essential service. Just work in water. <laughs> and there's so, many, there's so many people, I think the younger generations, right, want like that mission to their life, right? They want to be doing something that's making the world better to combat that eco-anxiety or whatever it might be. Uh, and so there's a lot of interest in climate right. work. Water is one of the huge pillars. And that's the thing with water, too, though, because no matter what your interest is, there really is something. Like, if you are interested specifically in climate, the water department in Philly has a climate change adaptation program. The way that climate change is going to impact water infrastructure systems is something that we need to be working on right now, you know? Yeah. And also, if you're talking about, you know, the water energy nexus, you know, a lot of people who are interested in climate want to go in that direction. I mean, that is ripe, okay, for, for getting into that, into that conversation about, okay, where actually is a lot of our energy going, okay, and it has a lot to do with water. In cities, like the water movement, treatment, storage, all that stuff can be like a third of a city's energy use. Exactly. That's huge. And so, um, you know, and then aside from that, you know, then you get into green infrastructure. You know, you want to work with plants. You want to work with, like, understanding how these systems work. Green spaces back into urban environments through exactly. that. Yeah. Urban heat island effect. I mean, all of these things. Water touches everything. You're selling it right now, Maura. <laughs> You're selling it, yeah. So, so I would say generally, I, I say that because I feel like a lot of young people don't necessarily, they're not necessarily keyed into the water sector just yet. I feel like this is, this is a very personal example, but every year I go back to my high school for career day. Nobody knows anything about working for a utility. They probably don't really care that much at that age, but you know what I mean? Like, I feel like the idea of working in water, working for a utility, working for potentially a nonprofit or, you know, like anything like that, or the Environmental Protection Agency, anything, um, it's, it, it's not really there, you know? I feel like we don't, or not that we're not doing it, but I just don't feel like um, a career in water is elevated enough as much as it should be. You know, like the way that people are going, okay, doctors, lawyers, I get it. Yes, we absolutely, we need them. But the way that we talk about careers like that, I'm that person, but I need a few more people to help me out.
But I, we need spokespeople for the water industry. Sure. We need people going around selling this stuff like it's candy. <laughs> because I, I really feel like if we just could plant that seed and that understanding that there absolutely is a place for you, really whatever you want to do with your career doesn't have to have anything really to do with the with water or the environment, although it should, but you know, you could really do anything. And so, um, you know, I, I just feel like I, that's my that's my pitch, yeah, you know, to get more people to work in water. Well, Maura, it was awesome to sit down with you. You've been on the podcast before, but it's good to sit down in person and chat. And uh, thank you so much. Of course. I love this. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode. And thanks to the Reservoir Center for partnering with the Waterloop nonprofit media outlet. To find all episodes, sign up for email updates, and connect on social media, visit waterloop.org. You're in the Waterloop. Waterloop.